0: Hello guys, welcome to the New Dimension book review. And if you're listening for the first time, I'm your host and my name is Koyisela Um, In the month of March, we read Welcome Holy Spirit. In February, we read Good Morning Holy Spirit. So if you haven't listened to the summary, you can check it out on the previous episodes. And this month, we read Welcome Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be giving you... very detailed summary and i hope that you're blessed from it so we're going to dive in right after the short interlude welcome back so let's dive straight in um it was kind of like the book was kind of like a continuation of good morning holy spirit I won't really call in the continuation, but at the same time, you would understand, welcome Holy Spirit, much better if you've read "Good Morning Holy Spirit." So, I would honestly advise you to go back to listen to "Good Morning Holy Spirit" for listening to this. Anyway, in chapter one, we learned that longing is very important to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. To experience the work of the Holy Spirit, you must have a passion for His power. You must be hungry for him. You must look for him, search for him with all your heart. There's um somewhere in Jeremiah, I can't remember, I think twenty-nine, I think chapter twenty-nine, verse thirteen. I'm not sure. But the Bible says that um you will find me if you seek me with all your hearts. So for us to find him, we have to seek him with all our hearts. And then um it says that as we open our hearts, the Holy Spirit, he will pour our presence out upon our thirsty souls. His presence will become so real and so tangible. So basically, your the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit can only be realistic if you believe. You have to believe. You have to open up your heart to him, to let him in. You need to be hungry. You need to stop looking at him like he's this something. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. He's a person. He has specific characteristics. He can speak. He can feel. He's a being. So you really need to know that and open up your heart completely so that you can experience him fully. And then he's um, loving, he's gentle, he's kind, he's our comforter. You know, everything about him is beautiful and we cannot do anything without him. And that's why that's why he's there for us. That's why he's been sent to help us. So basically, that's what we learned in chapter one. Then um, okay, there was something else very important that I learned. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, it says here that the Holy Spirit doesn't need a pastor or a man of God before he moves. So, much as the Holy Spirit needs you to preach the gospel or no at the same time if if he he doesn't need you to do his work so if you don't do it someone else will do it so if you're one of those people that for some strange reason the devil wants to start putting pride in your heart please cast it out because it would um it will lead to your fall eventually <sighs> then for chapter two he talked about death um, he talked about when he lost his father, and then he said that when a person in Christ dies, that we don't mourn them because they are not they are not dead because they are going to come back. That we don't mourn as those that don't have hope. It's somewhere in the Bible too, but I can't remember. And then he says that um, when you begin to learn about the Holy Spirit, your life begins to change. The Holy Spirit is 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 not a power. Many people mistake the Holy Spirit for power. The Holy Spirit is not a power. Power is one of his characteristics, but power is not who he is. If it's power, we would want to, you know, when you have power, you'd want power to do your will. You want power to accomplish your will. You want power to, you want power to um um influence you to, like is it the word? Is it influence the word? No. But you you would want power to, like, let people submit to you and stuff. So the Holy Spirit is not a power. He's a person, a divine person, and he has power. But the power is um, like a gift or it's like just residual energy from fellowshipping with him. So when you fellowship with him constantly, the power automatically comes. You don't need to look for it. You don't need to ask for it. It just comes. And um, he gave characteristics of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has an intellect. The Holy Spirit has a will. He has emotions. He can love. He can be grieved. He can speak. There are many times that the Holy Spirit speaks to us directly, but other times he speaks through other people. The Holy Spirit can be insulted. He can be lied, so he can be blasphemed. He can be resisted. He can be quenched. And before you can experience the work of the Holy Spirit, you must first know him as a person. Before you can experience his work, before you can experience his power, you need to first know him as a person. That's where intimacy comes in. And he's omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, and he's internal. Um, The ending note was he's the generation for abundant life, hidden from view. So what I understand by that sentence is that he's the one that gives abundant life. He's the one that gives um wholeness that we need as human beings. And he's hidden. You can only find him if you search for him, you know. You, you don't find gold or diamond on the floor. You have to dig deep for gold or diamond. You don't find crude oil in and the floor you have to dig deep to find those things in the same in the same vein to find the holy spirit you need to dig deep for him excuse me then um in chapter three we basically talked about god's purpose for man because that if god has a purpose for you the purpose would definitely be accomplished so your work is to try not to run away from the purpose of god and I think this is specifically for someone that's going to be listening to this. If you'll try to run away from God's purpose, you're only wasting your time. Ask Jonah. And it will only delay you and stress you. So just. Excuse me. So just um, stop running. Embrace it. Embrace what God has for you. And then. You can master the Bible, but the Bible won't master you until you become saved. This is why we have like so many quote-unquote Bible scholars that are still justifying a lot of wrongs and nonsense. Everybody reads the Bible. To, 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 to ordinary people, the Bible is just a book. But to we that we are saved and we have a relationship with God, that we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us, the Bible is not just a book. The Bible is a living word. So until you, you've come to that point where the Bible is living word to you, you can master the Bible, but the, the Bible will master you. The Bible, the words in the Bible will reflect in your life. They won't take root in your life. And the Holy Spirit, um, he also taught us that the Holy Spirit changed our status from orphans to children of God. So before we got saved, we we, we were not deserving. But then by the time um Jesus died on the cross and salvation happened, it was the infilling of the Holy apart from believing Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, it's the infilling of the Holy Spirit that kind of like seals the deal. There's going to be more of that in I think chapter eight or ten. I'm not sure, I can't remember. Excuse me. Then he also talked about um, shining your light as a Christian. You need to shine your light as a Christian. The darker the world is, the brighter your lights will seem. Many of us in this generation, in this day and time, are running away from darkness. But it's, it's in the darkest of nights that light is needed. You don't need lights where it's bright. You won't, you won't turn on your house lights during the daytime. You're only wasting electricity. It's only when it's dark and you can't see that you turn it on. So you need to um, shine your light as a Christian. And you can only do that if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He also says that the um, importance of our ministry as believers is that we it looks like that of Jesus. So it's not just about being a minister. It's not just about being a gospel artist. It's not just about being a teacher, an evangelist or whatever. The question is are you reflecting God? Are you reflecting the life of Jesus on earth? Are you doing what Jesus did? Are you acting how Jesus acted? That's that's what you have to think about. It's not enough to have the title. Titles are good, but titles are not enough. And when when it's time to meet um God on judgment day, you won't be it won't be based on your titles. You won't be telling him, "I was this and that in church." No. It's about did you really reflect Christ during your time on earth, then, for Chapter four and five, he spoke about the names of God and the names of the Holy Spirit um in the Bible, and they were like scriptures, but then you have to read the book to like get more understanding of this, like I said, this is a summary, so if you're interested in like more of this, read the book. Um, He says that names are very significant in the Bible. And yeah, he also told us about how like special the names of all his children were and how significant it has been in their lives. So you cannot, a name is very important. You, can, you can't just pick a name casually because you feel like in the same sense, the names of the Holy Spirit given in the scriptures aren't meaningless synonyms. So I'm just going to go out and list them. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord, my Spirit, the Spirit of the Living God, the power of the highest, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of His Son, the Spirit of adoption, the Spirit of glory, the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of grace and of supplication, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord the Spirit of Life, the Holy Spirit of Promise, the Holy Spirit of Truth, the Comforter and the Internal Spirit. And personally, there's one that I add to it, the Holy Spirit of Peace. Because that's like a very personal one to me. But I just thought that it would bless you. And the significance of those names is that when the Spirit comes, He gives life and breaks sins. He gives life and breaks sins, breaks um, bondages, breaks chains, breaks shackles. Only if you believe. That's the criteria you need to believe. Then for chapter six, um, we learned about knowing, having to know where God guides, um, your purpose. That whatever God has called you into, wherever God has called you to go, he would provide. Don't try to resist his leading or you may live a life less than the one originally intended for you. So I talked about that already. That if you go and say that God has called you and you want to run away and be like um, another Jonah, you just be wasting your life. The Holy Spirit doesn't force you. He won't force you to yield to him. He's a gentleman. And if he sees that you are not yielding, he's going to replace you. And this is a prayer that I pray very often. And I'm going to give you guys to pray to. I'm going to share with you guys to pray to that. No matter what happens, that may you not be replaced in Jesus' name. Excuse me. And um, before God speaks, the Holy Spirit moves. There's always been the pattern like I said, there are scriptural backings to it. If you but if you read the Bible you would see that yes, before um like in the beginning in the beginning the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord was um is he hovering around the earth how did the Bible say the English? Sorry. <laughs> but basically before the word came as let there be light, the spirit had moved. Um, he talked about this in Good Morning Holy Spirit as the connection between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So you can go and listen to the episode or read the book or check our Instagram. I think it should be there. I'm not sure. Um, the Holy Spirit imparts order. He's um um person a a being of civilization of organization. It doesn't now mean that you should be so rigid with your schedule that you don't allow him move. He's not predictable, but he loves orderliness. He's not predictable, but he loves orderliness. So it's not, it's not for you to say because the only is not predictable. You just do your services shabbily and just leave everything anyhow and say anything that goes, goes. No, that's not how it is. Have your plan. If it disrupts your plan a little bit, be flexible enough to move with it. And... When the wind of the spirit carries you, you fly to heights in your Christian walk beyond your imagination. Basically, this means that you should tr You should stop trying to, um, um, go on your Christian walk by yourself. You should let him lead you. You should let him carry you. The, the um He said that if you wait with God, the world will come to you. You don't have to go to the world. You don't have to care about the likes. You don't have to care about the followers. You don't have to care about the listens. You don't have to care about the views and whatever. If you wait with God, eventually the world will come to you. It might not be when you want it, but it will come because light cannot be hidden. And where God guides, he provides. Then he also talked about the breath, of the, the, the breath of the almighty, the Holy Spirit. He called him the wind of creation, fashioning the universe from chaos, the wind of animation, giving Adam his physical and spiritual life, the wind of perception, allowing us to hear the gentle breeze of God's voice, the wind of direction, gently hiding in the paths that we should go, the wind of revitalization, quickening and renewing us every day, And giving us strength for his journey the holy spirit sustains life he's been given the task to create maintain and renew in both our physical body and the material world he imparts order but never try to confine him to a box he must be allowed to do his perfect will always flow with his plans and proper planning is a good stewardship of time and talent this is just like the official english of everything i just finished explaining so um i've done a summary on the first six chapters i'm going to be taking a short break and i would see you and would continue right after the short interlude I'm back. So, I had to <clears throat> excuse me, refresh myself for the journey is long. <laughs> I actually, just went to get water and just um gather my thoughts together before continuing. So, for chapter 7, um we were taught that your prayer life will take a U-turn once the Holy Spirit is involved. Without the Holy Spirit at work, nothing will happen. And when you are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, He teaches you all things. The only way we can cope with um, attacks from the evil one is through a spirit-filled and word-centered life. So He's saying that if you are trying to pray, you're trying to study, and you don't ask for the you don't ask for the help of the Holy Spirit, you are as well as wasting your time. Because it will be very difficult for you. You can't, you can't do it by your own power. And the only way you can resist attacks from the devil is, is spirit-filled, word-centered life. That means that it is not enough to pray. It is not enough to listen to gospel music. You need in-depth study of the word. So it is in-depth study of the word plus prayer. birth results and jesus did the following things after the holy spirit came upon him which are the same things that we we can do now because the same holy spirit is on us he preached the gospel he healed the brokenhearted he preached deliverance to the captives he brought sights to those in darkness he brought freedom to those who are burst and in need of emotional healing He proclaimed the era of salvation this year, that is, evangelism. And it says, when the Holy Spirit walks into a life, he draws that heart and life to Jesus Christ. The same Holy Spirit who descended upon the Lord Jesus is available to empower your life today. Simply surrender to him, give him full sway to empower you today. Like I said earlier, we can do everything and more. Than what Jesus did because the same Holy Spirit that descended and helped him is the same Holy Spirit that's at work in our lives today. But we need to surrender. That's the thing. It cannot happen without surrender. So for chapter 8, we talked about the um creativity of the Holy Spirit. And then he said the Holy Spirit is creative and imaginative about the way he draws people to him. He's never confined or limited in how he deals with men. But deals individually and with sensitivity. The specific way the Holy Spirit moves in the heart of a believer. So this is like a step process of how the Holy Spirit works in the heart of the believer and what the Holy Spirit does in the heart of a believer. Um so how the Holy Spirit works, he convicts the world of sin, he convicts the world of Christ's righteousness. He convicts the world of judgment. The Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. So it's like, I think we would have all experienced it when we were getting saved. You first acknowledge you're a sinner. The the realization of your sin and everything comes upon you. And then you look upon the righteousness of Christ. That's when you believe that, okay, Christ is, you know, the savior. And then he convicts the word of judgment. Now you have the realization that you are now, you're no longer working on the path of internal condemnation because you know that judgment will happen. But you are no longer, you are now safe because you're under the umbrella. And he testifies of Jesus. That's what we all do preach the gospel. Then the work of the Holy Spirit in a believer, he regenerates us. He makes conversion possible. He prepares our hearts to receive the Lord. He sets the believer free. It is so beautiful to see that this same spirit does the same thing in the life of in the lives of so many people at the same time, and all you need to do is believe It's beautiful to see. And then, what happens when the Holy Spirit becomes part of your daily life? He will turn your wilderness into a fruitful place. Amen. He will cause you to walk with God. You will know God's presence. You will understand God's word. You will become a new person. He will give you rest. He will bring excellence into your life every day. He will give you rest. I feel like there's someone here that's going to be listening to this. Or there's someone that's going to be listening to that knows someone that needs rest. And this is just a reminder again that the Holy Spirit is here to give you rest. If you listen to him, if you yield to him, if you give him a chance to let him in. We need to allow the Spirit of the Lord to bring quality and distinction to our Christian work. You can't keep doing it by yourself. You can't keep trying on your own. You need to give him a chance. Chapter Nine. We spoke about what the Spirit brings. The Spirit brings life instead of death. We experience his life when we are born again. We experience his life as we are touched by his resurrection power and are quickened. We experience his life as he touches our minds and enables us to think and do the things of God. There is scripture that mentions this, but for some strange reason, I can't seem to find it in my mind. But I trust the Holy Spirit to give me remembrance as I continue. And after giving your life to Christ, you are sealed to prove these things. Ownership by making us his own. Authenticity, showing that we are his own. Completion, guarantee that we are his. And give me one minute, please. Guarantee we are his with him and like him. The seal of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer is God's guarantee that he will redeem us from Christ in us and free us from the presence of sin. It is only through the Holy Spirit dwelling in us that we begin to grow in his ways and reflect his nature and qualities. You cannot grow in Christ without the the, the Holy Spirit in you. It's the Holy Spirit that brings the fruit of the Spirit, and yes, it is fruit, not fruits, apparently. So it's like one fruit that contains all the characteristics. The Holy Spirit doesn't just reform us, he transforms our character into the character of God. He brings liberation, he brings renewal, he brings hope. He brings comfort, he brings assurance, he reveals the things of God, he teaches us truth, he brings the works of Christ to your remembrance, he causes you to be occupied with spiritual things, he leads and guides, he bears witness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Personally, I'm going to be laying emphasis on he brings the works of Christ, he remembrance. So like there are times that we go through things in life and then we forget the things that God has done and then we are doubting him and we are asking questions and we're getting angry. It's at that point that the Holy Spirit will come and remind you of the things that he has done before so that you are grateful. Excuse me, for chapter 10. Um it says that when God's spirit is at work there's nothing we need to demonstrate or prove. He uses us in service, but it is it is his power, his presence and his proclamation that brings life. That means yes, he uses us when he wants to, but without him nothing can still be done. Excuse me. Without him nothing can be done. The Holy Spirit brings you into God's presence. The Holy Spirit helps you in prayer, inspires you to worship. He leads you to give thanks. He gives you power. He performs miracles through us. He liberates us to love. He produces the good harvest in us. He produces fruits in us. He gives us gifts. He appoints us to ministry. He gives us direction to our lives. He enables us to communicate in power. He causes us to speak the will of God, and he equips us for service. So you can see that when Jesus told his disciples that he had to go to bring the comforter, he knew that the, the comforter's work was no small work. <laughs> it wasn't small work at all. For chapter 11, it says that when you welcome the Holy Spirit, certain things happen to you. He says that God can use any of us, but only if we're available. So if you want God to use you, you need to be available. And being available means taking time off to hear from God, to be sensitive to his leading. Excuse me. And while you welcome when you welcome the Holy Spirit, certain things happen to you. He'll change the way you hear. He'll change the way you speak. He'll change your appearance. He'll change your behavior. He'll change your experience of the Holy Spirit. He'll change your position, your vision, your discernment, your attitude, your tradition, your outlook, your prayer life, your calling, your authority. He'll be your partner in decision-making. He'll change your direction, your world, your understanding he change you as his presence lingers upon you. He'll change your leadership, you change your insight, you'll change your commission, you'll increase your influence, he'll establish your internal hope, he'll give you great confidence, You will change your witness, You will change your chaos into peace, you change into um you change your conflict into victory. Um each of these um characteristics have um notes under them where you have to read the book to understand. But um, yesterday, yesterday, on um, Friday night was special Holy Ghost service, and the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance that it was three years ago, same special Holy Ghost service wasn't the same dates, but first Friday in the month of April in twenty nineteen, I, I went to camp with my cousin and my auntie, and, I didn't pay attention to the sermon because I not that I didn't want to pay attention, I just did not hear anything they were saying. I have this thing that, if if I'm not listening to something like earphones in, if I'm not seeing your mouth, your mouth move, I find it hard to hear you. <laughs> so I couldn't hear anything that Daddy Adewale was in. and then you know how calm can be now with the speakers and all. And then Daddy made an altar call, and I ran. I ran like my life depended on it. I ran with everything that I have, with that I had, at that time, and I I prayed cried and that was the first time I actually encountered the Holy Spirit and true to his word, true to everything that Pastor Benihin is saying in chapter 11, I am not that person anymore. You know, I look at myself right now and I don't see a trace of that person that used to be coinsular before the Holy Spirit came in. I was saved though, I got saved in November, but real change did not occur until my encounter with the Holy Spirit in April 2019. So, if you are sensitive, if you allow Him, if you invite Him in, He's going to do His work. He rounded up by saying that the message of the book of Acts is that nothing can replace a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. He works so mightily in the lives of people attuned to him. The upper room experience is wonderful, but it is only the first step on your road of ever increasing fellowship. Allow him to change you and become a part of your being. Start now to practice the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's not enough to have him come into your life. You need to put in the work. You need to pray. You need to invite him in. You need to speak with him, communicate with him. You need to give him a chance to change you. Then finally, 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 for the last chapter, Benny, Pastor Benny was talking about... um how he experienced fear before going into ministry because he was afraid that God would probably not be the picture anymore and everything. And I'm going to read what he said. And this is something that I want everybody to hold on to, especially people that God is specifically calling into ministry. He says, as far as you're going into ministry, you will definitely face struggles, but never take your eyes off the master. The Lord is long-suffering and doesn't give up on his sins easily. So even when we make mistakes, he doesn't give up on us easily. And also note that just because you were led to do something once, doesn't mean you should make it a habit. Just because God told you to do something once, doesn't mean you should keep doing it if he has not asked you to. And then he said that you need to note that when people start to seek the manifestation rather than the master, the presence of God lifts. And the same Holy Spirit in the Bible is the one we welcome into our lives now. When you look for him with expectations, he will come. You will find me, but only if you seek me with all your heart. So when you look for him with expectations, he will come. We've come to the end of this summary. Like I said, it's a very short um detailed but really short summary if you've enjoyed the book if you've enjoyed it so far you can check out the book i'd really really advise you to read the book if you can because it is going to change your christian work if you are intentional and at the end of the book there are like study guides that can help you um answer certain questions and stuff if you have any so I'd, I'd really advise you to read the book. But if you can't read the book, it's all right. We're here for um, giving you summaries, or we're here to give you summaries, rather. That's going to be all for our book review this month. Stay tuned and anticipate the book for um, the month of April. I know that you're going to be blessed by it. It looks like a very promising book, and we're here for it. Until next time, God bless you and have a lovely week.